0: When you're little, you want the biggest presence possible. As you get older, one of the things you find out is that often the most valuable gifts are in small boxes. Um, that's my preaching goal this morning is to give you a little bit of a smaller gift of a sermon that contains a message of great value. Uh, in the beginning, As Pat started uh, at the beginning and worked through the story, we're going to do the same thing in the, the message today. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Later, one of the gospel writers would begin their gospel in similar language but reminding us that it was not only God the Father who was there and the Spirit hovering over the waters that was there, but in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John tells us later that the light uh, came into, or the word became flesh and lived among us. And the message that we have here is that Jesus was there in the beginning when the act of creating began. That he was there for the first words that spoke light into existence. That Jesus was there and through him all things were made. And without him nothing was made that has been made. Jesus was there when those first words were spoken. He was there when God, Father, Son, and Spirit chose to create an entire universe for humans to live in. So God could have a relationship with the people that He created. It's it's worth knowing that in that moment, Jesus was there when God chose to give you and I a choice. Jesus was there when God decided to put a tree in the garden with Adam and Eve that would allow them to choose to be obedient to God or to reject God. It was a choice that changed everything for Jesus because God had to know in the moment that that he placed in the garden something that could be a rejection of God, that eventually people would choose that fruit over a relationship with God. And then, in doing so, they would choose spiritual death and separation from God. God chose, nonetheless, to let us choose. Because God knew that the love of something that was created without a choice was just robotic. It was just creating something that says, I love you, without any meaning. But in order to give meaning to the love that we give to God, He had to give us the opportunity to reject Him. The opportunity to sin, the opportunity to give in to temptation. And so now we can choose to love God and follow God, or we can choose to eat the forbidden fruit in the garden that is a rejection of God, and a rejection of God's good plan. We don't know what kind of fruit the tree was. Usually when you see pictures of it, it's almost always an apple. The Bible doesn't actually say the word apple, but just that it was a fruit tree. Uh, but for us, it's not fruit at all. For you and I, when we reject God, uh, it's us choosing selfishness or anger. It's us choosing bitterness or greed or immorality or the many other temptations that we choose that are in every moment of those choosings a rejection of God's love, a rejection of God's plan. Sometimes we choose idols. While we don't worship statues like the idols in Scripture uh, we choose to glorify ourselves instead of God, one of the biggest idols that we give into in our lives. We make ourselves and our desires both object and ruler of our lives. We obsess about what we want and about ourselves. And in doing so, giving into temptations, worshiping ourselves or the things of this world, in those moments we eat the fruit. And God knew we would. God knew the moment the fruit tree was there, once He gave humans the choice, that the Almighty Creator of the entire universe, for the purpose of a relationship with us, would be rejected. That we would eventually choose something other than Him. That He would be ignored. That we would attempt to replace Him. And we have. Every one of us has. And, and everyone that makes that choice faces the consequences. In Genesis, the serpent is cursed to slither for the rest of eternity. God promised uh, that enmity between snakes and humans would lead to the eventual crushing of the snake's head under the heel of one of Eve's children. In that moment, we have the foreshadowing of the promise that Christ, a son of Eve, would eventually come and destroy evil and overthrow all that Satan brought into God's good creation. Adam and Eve both faced consequences in different forms of labor becoming difficult. Uh, Eve in childbirth, Adam in the field, and it would become painful. But more than that, that curse and that suffering, they suffered a spiritual death, a separation from God. They were removed from Eden. Paul later in the New Testament is writing about our lives our choice to give in to eating the fruit, to choosing temptation, to choosing idolatry in our world. And he said that when he wrote to the Romans that every single one of us has sinned and has fallen short of the glory of God. And we know from Scripture in our own lives that we all mess up and we all make mistakes and we all eat the fruit and we all suffer the same spiritual death and separation from God that Paul writes about and that Adam and Eve experienced. And so the prophet Isaiah writes that surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save. We're not in a a state of lostness because God is not good enough to save, nor His ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities, your sins, your mistakes have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear. Every single one of us has chosen the apple. We've rejected God. And we all suffer the spiritual death that is a very real separation from God's own presence. And all through the Old Testament, God tries to find ways to live with His people. He sends a flood to cleanse the world from evil. He makes covenants with Noah, Abraham, and David, saying, if we can just both keep our ends of the promise, we can live together. He sends Moses to deliver them from Pharaoh in Egypt. He gives them a good law to follow. And before He finishes writing it, they've already broken it. God sends uh, them to a land where they can live and prosper in. He sends judges to deliver them when they are conquered and to lead them back to obedience. He gives them a temple where they can be near His glory. He gives them priests and sacrifices to atone for their sins so that He can dwell among them. And over and over again, His people reject Him. They choose idolatry, they choose other gods, they choose immorality. They worship and serve other rulers. They trust in themselves instead of trusting in God. They continue to eat the fruit and find themselves separated from God. And in the closing pages of the Old Testament, the question has to be asked can God manage to live in the presence of his people? Can God uh, ever find a person who is faithful enough to fulfill humanity's side of the covenants that God has made with His people? And then, in the beginning of the New Testament, just pages later, as the question echoes between the Old Testament and the New Testament, can God ever manage to dwell in the presence of His people? We read in Matthew chapter 1, a message sent to Joseph as he considered leaving Mary All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Can God live with his people? Can we be saved from our sins? Heaven's answer came to Mary from an angel. It came to shepherds in a field, and it came to Joseph in a dream, and the answer is yes. God can live with His people because Jesus is God with us. Heaven's answer came in the form of a child born in a manger. A child will be born whose name will be Jesus, and He will be called God with us. And once God was with us, He went through every temptation that you and I have ever been through. Once Jesus was with us, He went through every suffering that every human has ever been through. He went through every piece of being human, every experience and emotion of being human. Jesus experienced as God with us. He had every temptation to eat the fruit, and yet He chose God over and over and over again. And in doing so, he became an example to us who ultimately, when given the choice between his will, the fruit, and God's will, said, God, not my will, but yours be done. In doing so, he died on the cross, becoming obedient even to death so that we might be saved. Today, as a result of that, all who believe in Jesus Christ and who are baptized are baptized into His death and His resurrection. And what that means when we get the resurrection that Jesus offers us is that the the spiritual death and the separation from God that we get because we chose the fruit is removed because we've now chosen Jesus. And when we choose Jesus instead of the fruit, because of his sacrifice and his goodness and his obedience, God with us, Emmanuel, Jesus, did everything and gave everything to bring those who are his followers the Spirit of God. And so the one who was born by the Holy Spirit now offers us the gift of the Holy Spirit if we are reborn into him. And then, when the question is asked, can God dwell among His people? The answer is, yes, in Jesus, but not without Jesus. Can God dwell among His people? Because of God with us, Emmanuel, Jesus, the Son of God born in a manger, God dwells not only among us, but within us in His Holy Spirit. Yeah. Thank you. It's the greatest gift that's ever Been given from the gift to the manger to the gift in the cross to the gift in the empty tomb to the gift of God dwelling in us through his spirit God is a great giver of good gifts he can dwell among us and within us but today just like in Eden God gives you and God gives me the choice The choice to choose God or something else was one of the very first gifts God gave humans. After he gave us the breath to breathe and the life to live and the the privilege of being created in his image, he gave us a choice. Today, you still have that gift. The gift of a choice to choose whether you will live with God in you and with God with you, it depends on one thing. Will you choose the fruit the temptations, the idolatry, the desires of your heart and life, or will you choose God? Will you choose His good way? Will you choose to live with Him eternally? And the truth is, it's the greatest choice and the only choice that will matter for eternity. And it's a gift that God gives to you today. Let's have an invitation song.